Psalm 130. Out of the depths I call to you, Yahweh. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. Yahweh, if you considered sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that you may be revered. I wait for Yahweh. I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Israel, put your hope in Yahweh, for there is faithful love with Yahweh, and with him is redemption and abundance, and he will redeem Israel from all its sins. Psalm 130, I think, is one of the best texts in all of Scripture. It says in verses 3 through 4 again, Yahweh, if you considered sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. Sometimes we think that teachings like this are only found like in the book of Romans or in the epistles of Paul. And I believe Paul was an inspired apostle in many of his writings. And I believe that he was one born out of due season. And he talked a lot about this. But this concept is something that was understood back during the old covenant time frame. David here lifts up his voice and he says, Yahweh. Basically what he's saying is this, Father, if you kept track of the sins of your people individually, who would be able to stand in your presence? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is David wouldn't be able to, Moses wouldn't be able to, Abraham. As righteous as we tend to think that these people are, these men are, they wouldn't be able to stand in the presence of Yahweh. It says, but with you there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. In other words, verse 4 is how we're able to stand in the presence of Yahweh. He's given us forgiveness. And He's given us mercy. He's given us grace. Are you thankful today for His mercy? Uh, the difference between mercy and grace, there is a minute difference. Mercy is when Yahweh withholds wrath that is due to you. Grace is when He gives you something good that you do not deserve. Praise the Father. Let's take our Bibles and go to another chapter in Psalm. Psalm chapter 86, verse 5. Just one verse. It says, For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, abundant in faithful love to all who call on you. I think it was Brother Randy that mentioned the passage about the broken heart and the contrite spirit. You know as well as I, there's been times in your life where you've been more broken than you usually are or more contrite than you usually are. And you pray, and it's not a repetitious prayer. It's not something that you learned when you were a child. You pray straight from your heart. And Yahweh doesn't turn that away. Even if you don't have everything figured out, Yahweh's kind, and He's ready to forgive. His compassion is abundant. If you come to Him broken and contrite, He will not turn you away. I'm thankful for that today. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 is another great verse. It's a wonderful promise. It can be a verse that is condemning to a person. <laughs> but if we take heed to the entirety of the verse, 
we'll see how beautiful and how encouraging it is. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says this, The one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces, some Bibles say forsakes them, will find mercy. Brothers and sisters and children, I want to tell you today that if there's a sin that's going on in your life that nobody on this earth knows about, Yahweh knows about it. And if you keep that sin concealed and you don't give that back over to Yahweh or or hand that part of your life over to Yahweh where you're struggling, if you conceal your sin, it says you will not prosper. What you need to do is confess that sin, renounce that sin, forsake that sin. And you know what? Yahweh is ready to forgive. He's abundant in compassion. He loves His children. He loves us. He does. He has the same love. I think about it often, and it's nowhere near in comparison, but I think about how I love my children and how I would never do anything to hurt them, how I would always make sure they're fed, they're clothed, they're warm, they're spiritually fed. We multiply that by how many ever we want to, and that's how Yahweh feels towards His children. Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel even says that Yahweh takes no pleasure in the death of his children. It's not as though he sits there and he just laughs when you're just habitually in sin. No, that hurts his heart. He takes no pleasure in that. He doesn't get his kicks off of you dying in your sin. You need to confess your sin, renounce your sin, forsake your sin. These are all passages in the Old Testament. I know a good one I memorized in 1 John 1, chapter 9, when I was a little boy. It says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to be confessors of our sins. Listen to a sermon this past week, Brother Ron, where it talked about how that we don't confess sin enough. We don't. We get down and we don't like to talk bad about ourselves, so we just generalize our wrongs. Instead of saying, you know what, Yahweh, I'm going to be particular in confessing my sins to you and I'm going to confess them to you. And I want to ask you to help me better myself. Help me in the areas that I struggle. Those areas might be different for each and every one of us in here today. What you struggle with might not be what I struggle with and what I struggle with might not be what you struggle with. But we all have our struggles. And you know what, it's all right to struggle but it's not all right to wallow in the mire and the muck. It's not all right. That's why it's so important. And that's why I was thinking it out in my testimony, how grateful we need to be to have brothers and for you sisters to have sisters and for us to have each other to encourage. The Bible says we must exhort one another more as we see the day approaching. We come together to provoke one another. Uh, One of the books in the New Testament says, I think it's Hebrews, we provoke one another unto love and unto good works and we encourage one another to not sin. The Bible says that one of the ways that we love our neighbor is that if we see them in sin, that we go to them and we try to express to them that they're in sin and we want to see them pulled out of it. 
I know a lot of times we don't like it when people do that to us. I'll admit that. But that's love. The opposite of that is hate. It's the same thing when you discipline a child. You discipline a child because you love the child. If you do not discipline them and you just let them run, as I like to say, like a wild dog off of its leash, if you just let them run, that's hatred towards that child. That child is going to grow up and be a menace to society. Possibly could grow up and be a drunkard, not be no good for anything, never be able to hold down a job, get married, have a family. All because a sorry father and a sorry mother didn't discipline that child when he was young. I'm not throwing the children off of the hook, but I'm saying that behind sorry children are sorry parents. That's not popular, but hey, we preach in season and out of season, and it doesn't matter what's popular. We want to preach the truth. Right, sister? We want to preach the truth. Yahweh disciplines us. We should not conceal our sins. Don't hold on to your sin. Yahweh's ready to forgive you. You get on your knees. You worship Him. You say, Father, I'm sorry. And today is the day to do it. Do not put it off any longer. Do not put it off any longer. You confess it. You forsake it. Yahweh's ready to forgive. He's compassionate. He is a compassionate, compassionate mighty one. Get broken hearted about your sin. You know, in the same way that Yahweh forgives us when we call upon Him with that broken heart and that contrite spirit, and He's ready to forgive us in the exact same way, we've got to be ready to forgive one another. We've got to learn to forgive like Yahweh forgives. If we sin against Yahweh, even somebody like the, the man Saul, who was also called Paul, Shaul in Hebrew was his name. He was a murderer. He murdered believers in the Messiah. But he was forgiven by Yahweh. Yahweh wiped his slate clean. be hard for us to forgive a murderer, wouldn't it? But Yahweh forgives murderers. He can. If they confess and renounce their sin, they'll find mercy. They'll find mercy. We've got to learn to forgive like Yahweh. We've got to learn to be compassionate like Almighty Yahweh towards our brother and towards our sister. Look at Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, beginning at verse 51, we read a, an account of a man who was not one of the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, but he was a student up under the 12 apostles, and his name was Stephen. Back in Acts chapter 6, Stephen had been accused wrongfully. The accusations went up that he had spoken against Moses, he had spoken against the temple, and you can see that Stephen was a great Israelite historian because all through Acts chapter 7, he takes you on a journey all the way from Genesis up to his time. And he points to the Judahite leaders of his day and he says, it is you that have received the law, but you have not kept it. And your accusations against me are false. And these men get so upset with Stephen at the end that they want to stone him. Look at Acts 7, 51. This is what Stephen says to the Judahite leaders. He says, You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit as your forefathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They even killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You received the law under the direction of angels and yet have not kept it. So the exact accusation that they made about him at the end of chapter 6 was actually true. 
about them. Now, what took place when Brother Stephen said these scathing words? Verse 54. When they heard these things, they were enraged in their hearts and they gnashed their teeth at him. The gnashing of teeth means anger in Scripture. Hatred. But Stephen, filled by the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw Yahweh's glory with Yeshua standing at the right hand of Yahweh. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of Yahweh. This is the only time in the Bible where we read. I'm not saying it's the only time that it ever has happened. This is the only time where we read of Yeshua standing at the right hand of Yahweh. Every other time it mentions him as sitting. But he's standing. And I think it was to give Stephen some encouragement. He said, look, you stand for me. I'll stand for you. Verse 57, then they screamed at the top of their voices. They stopped their ears and they rushed together against him. They didn't want to hear what he said. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their robes at the feet of the young man named Saul. This is the Saul who was later converted. He consented to the stoning of Stephen. 59, they were stoning Stephen as he called out, Lord Yeshua, receive my spirit. Verse 60, then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. This was his last words before he died. He said, Master or Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And saying this, he fell asleep. He died. A dying man's last words that was being stoned to death by people that had falsely accused him, don't hold him accountable for this sin. This is the mercies of Yahweh. This is the mercies we don't like to think of. We get upset if somebody cuts us off in traffic, right? We get upset if we hit our thumb with a hammer. Lord, why did you let that happen? We get upset if we wake up with a headache or if things don't go our way or if we don't get that second cup of coffee. We get upset over so many trivial things. And here's Stephen is having stones thrown at him, hurled at him by a number of Judahite leaders. And he says, Master, don't lay this sin at their charge. Don't hold them accountable for this. They don't understand. They haven't seen you. They haven't seen you. This is how we've got to be. Learning to forgive. Learning to have forgiveness in our hearts. Not just towards people that ask us, but also towards those that may never ask us. We know this passage well and good at the end of the Gospel of Luke. Luke is the only author that records this to my knowledge. This is not in my notes. But at the end of the Gospel of Luke, when Yeshua there is hanging upon the torture stake, he prays this prayer to his Father. and He says, Father, you forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He asks Yahweh to forgive his murderers. They don't know. Another scripture says, had they have known, they would not have crucified the Master of glory. Do we have that type of forgiveness in our heart? Or are we ready not to forgive? Are we ready to just harbor bitter feelings in our heart, in our mind towards people? I'm preaching to myself too here. I am. I struggle with this. Matthew chapter 18. Let's look at Matthew 18. Beautiful parable here. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 21. 
Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many times could my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Yeshua said to him, but 70 times seven. Literally, that's 490 times. But the point, of, the point is this. Yeshua says 70 times seven is a figure of speech to say, look, you continue to forgive him. <laughs> you keep on having that forgiveness in your heart. And I think here he's in reference to every time that your brother sins against you and he asks you to forgive him, you need to forgive him. You say, that's hard to do. Yeah, it is. It's very hard to do. It can only be done by the Spirit of Yahweh working through you. Verse 23, For this reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he had no way to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. 10,000 talents, if you do some research on that, one talent, and this will become apparent as we continue to read, but one talent was equivalent to about 6,000 denarii. Now, I want you to remember that. One talent was equivalent to 6,000 denarii, measures, units of monetary value. Verse 26, At this the slave fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that slave had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. He forgave him a loan of 10,000 talents. Why? Because the man fell down at his feet and begged him, please be patient. Verse 28, but that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him 100 denarii. Remember, one talent is equivalent to 6,000 denarii. This slave just got forgiven of 10,000 talents. And he found a man, another slave that owed him 100 denarii. He grabbed him and he started choking him. And he said, you pay me what you owe. At this, his fellow slave fell down and began begging him. He did the same thing the first slave did to the master. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. The man was even willing to pay him back. Just be patient. But he wasn't willing. On the contrary, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other slaves saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? Shouldn't we do our best to exhibit the mercy of Yahweh towards our fellow man? Verse 34, and his master got angry and handed him over to the jailers until he could pay everything that was owed. Verse 35, so my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. And that's the key phrase, from his heart. I love Brother Tim and he's not done anything towards me, but I'm going to use him in this example. If Brother Tim owes me, let's say, $1,000. And I say, Brother Tim, I need it, I need, it, need it back, man. And he says, be patient with me. Be patient with me, brother. Or if he does me wrong and he hurts me, 
But yet he comes to me and says, Brother Matthew, you know what? I, I acknowledge I did wrong. And brother, I want to ask you to forgive me. I apologize. I'm required to forgive him. Did you know that? I'm required to forgive him. And I'm not just required to say, Tim, I forgive you. I'm required to mean it from right here. I forgive you from my heart. Because we can sometimes say, I forgive you, Tim, or he could say, I forgive you, Matthew, if I do him wrong. But then we go home and we harbor it all night long. And we harbor it for weeks and weeks and a root of bitterness grows up in us and it becomes a great mighty oak tree in our life. And every time I see Tim or every time he sees me, we don't even want to shake each other's hand. We don't even want to look at one another. Why? Because we didn't forgive from our heart. But we harbored something in our mind and in our heart. The Heavenly Father will throw you into prison until you've paid everything that you owe if you don't forgive your brother from your heart. That's what Yeshua is teaching here. That's the purpose of this parable. James chapter 2, verse 13. Actually, his name is Yaakov. Anglicized form would be Jacob. And in the book of Yaakov, chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. This is our Lord's brother. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I think about this verse almost every day. In the daily things that I go through in my life, I always ask myself, Matthew, is there room here for you to be, some, be showing some mercy? <laughs> you know sometimes when I need to discipline my children with the spanking like Yahweh's law teaches me to do, sometimes I tell them to go into their room and I'll try to cool down because you should never spank your child when you're all in a fluster and upset because... We're grown men and we can hurt little children if we're not careful. So I try to calm down and do it scripturally. I believe in spanking my child. But sometimes I go up there and I'll talk to them about what they've done. And then I'll say this. I'll say, Benjamin, today Daddy's going to show you some mercy. And it teaches them the concept of mercy. I'll tell them, Dad's not going to give you what you deserve. You deserve to be whooped. You deserve to be spanked. But in order to teach you the mercies of Yahweh, Dad's going to withhold that spanking from you. I still talk to him, still explain to him what they've done, but I show him mercy. We've got to be in the business of recognizing what Yaakov, our Lord's brother, said. The one who does not show mercy shall not receive mercy. And I'm here to tell you right now, we all need some mercy applied to our life. And we've got to be willing to show some mercy towards our fellow man. When they do us wrong, if they ask us to forgive them, and even in Stephen's case and in Yeshua's case, even if they don't, even if they're trying to do something evil to us, Father, please save them. Forgive them. Lay not this sin to their charge. What's our goal? Our goal shouldn't be hatred. Our goal should be we hope that they come to the saving knowledge of the Father and His Son. That should be our goal. Matthew chapter 6, we're in the book of Matthew, or James, let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Beginning at verse 9, here is the model prayer, sometimes called the Lord's Prayer. I think it's probably more correctly called the Disciples' Prayer because He was teaching them how to pray. Either way is fine. 
Matthew 6 verse 9 says, Therefore you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. When a man sins, it's as though he owes a debt to Yahweh. And when we pray, part of our prayer should be, Father, forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our debts, our trespasses, just as we should forgive our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14 and 15 is key. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Could you imagine, could you imagine standing on judgment day and there will be many that this happened to, that this happens to. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, that think that they're saved but they never were. I never knew you, the Lord says. Could you imagine standing there and you hear the words, you want me to forgive you and yet you never forgave your brother? You want me to have mercy on you, yet you never had mercy on your fellow man? No, as you judged, so shall it be carried out upon you. Let's read it again. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. That's beautiful, isn't it? (laughs) But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Matthew 5 verse 7 says this, Blessed are the merciful because they will be shown mercy. Yahweh is merciful. And we've got to be merciful too. Blessed are the merciful. They're the ones that will be shown mercy. One last passage in Matthew chapter 6. Verses 23 through 24. Did you know that if there's something harboring in your heart, or if you know that a brother has something harboring in his heart towards you, did you know that you need to make every effort that you can to straighten that out with your fellow man, your fellow brother, before you even begin to worship the Father? Before you even begin to try to keep Yom Kippur? Or any of his feasts or any of his Sabbaths or new moons? You iron it out with your brother. Yahweh doesn't want you coming and bringing him a blemished sacrifice of praise And deep down in your heart, you've still harbored something that somebody's asked you to forgive them for, but you just can't find room in your heart to do it. You need to ask Yahweh to enlarge the borders of your heart and put more mercy inside of it. And I do too. Matthew 5, 23. So, if you are offering your gift on the altar, and the gift there is the sacrifice, which are, in the Hebrew, are the korban, which means a gift. Sacrifices were like you brought a present to Yahweh. All through Leviticus he says that they're a sweet-smelling savor to Yahweh. But he says here that if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there, when you get down to the altar before you offer the gift, there you remember that your brother has something against you. What do you do? Do you go ahead and offer the gift and then get it taken care of later on? It's not what the Messiah says. The Messiah says... Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. Why? Because that gift has to be offered in in purity, in righteousness. 
And it's the same thing. I know we don't practice offering offerings or sacrifices today as they did in the Tanakh and also in the first century prior to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. But we do offer up sacrifices of praise. We do, do offer up the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. And we always constantly need to be searching our heart and also if we know our brother has something against us, we don't need to try and attempt to worship the Most High when something is in our heart that should not be. He's ready to forgive you. He's ready to forgive your brother. All you got to do is ask him. And he'll show you mercy. Yahweh is a merciful mighty one. That's what this day is all about. The children of Israel couldn't be good enough to be justified in the sight of Yahweh. Instead, they had to bring animals. And ultimately, we have to come through the blood of His own Son. Why? Because we can't be good enough. This day's all about mercy. This day's all about Yahweh not giving us what we deserve. That's mercy. And Yahweh giving us what we do not deserve. That's grace. And we've got to be showing that same, those same attributes of grace and mercy to our fellow brother. Even sometimes, brothers and sisters, and it takes a man and a woman of Yahweh to do it, but even sometimes, like our brother Stephen and our elder brother Yeshua, lay not this sin to their charge. They don't understand. They hate me, but they don't realize they're hating you. Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they do. Save them. Now, that's difficult. But sometimes that high calling is required of us as followers of Yahweh. He that showeth no mercy shall receive no mercy. Brothers and sisters, I preach this message to me today just as much to you. Let's be merciful. Let's forgive. Let's learn to forgive people. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for life. We thank you for showing us mercy. Father, we've all sinned. And, and if we're honest, we're all worthy of death. And that's why your son had to come. And so, Father Yahweh, we're, we're so thankful that the penalty of the law has not been carried out upon us, but that you have winked at our ignorance. But, Father Yahweh, there comes a time when you command us to repent, turn from our wicked ways. But, Father Yahweh, that mercy that you've shown us as individuals, I pray that we'd be able to show it to other people. And we wouldn't just fly off the handle or, or harbor bitterness and and deceit and, and grudges in our heart. You say in the Torah that we shall not bear a grudge against the children of, of our people, but love our neighbor as we love ourselves. It's a commandment. Help me, Yahweh Father. Help me in the areas that I struggle with in my life in regards to this sermon. Let me be a better saint. And I pray the same thing for the entire congregation here. We love you, Father. We're thankful for Yom Kippur. It'll be a whole nother year, Yahweh, before we get to keep this commandment again. And so, Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to keep it. And if we don't get to keep it again, we thank you for this last opportunity. Father Yahweh, we glorify and praise you. It's through your Son we pray. Amen. Yahweh bless you.